yeah so if you want that uh if you want that memory of that right um if you want to remember what it was to be there then that's what's important right if you're if you're looking for instagram likes you know yeah you can make yourself really unhappy right <laughs> but Welcome to the Crossing It Off Podcast, the internet's number one bucket list show where we believe your bucket list can be more than a social media brag, but bring you deep joy in your life. Each week we share the stories of people just like you that are living out their bucket slash life goal list. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guest adventures, my goal is that you will find inspiration and empowerment to add and cross items off your list. When you find something here that motivates you, we ask that you share this episode with one other person and rate and review the show let's get to crossing it off welcome everybody to the show i'm so glad you're here with us this week and so many times on our bucket list we have things that other people have as well and it's hard sometimes to make them our own and i'm excited for our guests to be here today because he's crossed something off his bucket list that lots of people have done and struggled with just that, how to make it his own his own item that he's going to cross off. So uh, I'd love to introduce Don Orkowski. He describes himself as a photographer, teacher, explorer, and community builder. Don, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. So tell our audience listeners what you crossed off your list. Sure. Photograph Yosemite National Park. Okay, so this is a topic I'm pretty interested in. So first off, um, before we get into photography, like why Yosemite? Why did you pick Yosemite? What was important for you to go there and photograph it? For me, uh, Yosemite is one of those places that, I I mean, it's impossible for everyone in the world. There's 7 billion people, but it would be lovely (laughs) if everyone could could see it. It's just, um, it's incredibly impressive and something that I wanted to see myself. So uh, from the giant sequoias to just Yosemite Valley and so much more of the park that, uh, yeah, that I, I, I just, I've always wanted to go. Okay. And then um, were you a photographer before this trip? Was this something you want to do, you know, when you got there was uh, to make it your own or where did the photography end come in for you? Yeah, so I'm a professional photographer. I um, I do a, a fair amount of nature photography, make most of my money as a photographer as an event and portrait photographer, and I teach photography. So, And I've been doing that for oh, 24 years at this point. So, um, And I love it. I love being a photographer, um, and it's a big part of who I am and what I do. So uh, no matter where I go, uh, I've got a camera with me. Awesome. So we've got the we've got the the park that you want to go visit because it's beautiful and it has lots of scenery and stuff in it. And then we have photography that you're passionate about, obviously, as you make it your career. When did you decide, like, I want to put this on my list? What was the driving? When did you decide that? And what was the driving factor for saying, I want to go photograph Yosemite? Uh, I think it has been on my list for a long time. Um, It's also on my wife's list. Uh, and we got together in 2019 and got married in 2020. <laughs> so during the pandemic, congratulations on that, achieving that goal in itself. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting challenge. Um, having a wedding during during uh, COVID, but um, we did it outside and only had a small group of mm-hmm. uh, 
family and friends there. So, so it was something on her bucket list as well. Yeah, we actually um, had avoided getting COVID. We take a lot of precautions. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching a uh, photo workshop and about two days later started to feel um, stuffy mm-hmm. <laughs> and took some tests and was negative, took some tests the next day when I couldn't get out of bed and was positive. So um, unfortunately she got it as well. But the uh, end result of that was that we felt like, okay, we've had it while we're still, you know, fairly, fairly new to it. I mean, we've been boosted and, and, and everything like that as well. We figured this is the time to jump on a plane and go to California. So, <laughs> and just do it. So that's what we did. Awesome. What were some of the things like you were expecting as far as planning the trip? What was the, what were some of the things you were planning for? What were some of the things that um, you were excited about before you got there? Plans. Um, I'm a big planner. Um, and, and not that I mean, I'm like super hyper organized, but <laughs> that I, pl- but that I plan big Glacier Point Road, which is um, a road that leads to some of the, the best uh, overlooks looking into the valley mm-hmm. is clo- is closed this year. So there are hikes that you can do to some of those places. Um, but you're going up 3000 feet mm-hmm. there. Some of them are 13 mile long hikes. Oh yeah. So, um, uh, one way. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so I had this big plan of, we're going to get there and we're going to hike the Pahono trail to Glacier Point and then hike back because Glacier Point itself is closed that we were going to hike to Nevada Falls and, and um, do all of the all of the sort of iconic hikes in Yosemite. We got there, uh, tunnel view, you come uh, through from the south entrance, you come into the valley through a, a tunnel on the Wobona Road, and it opens up and you see uh, El Capitan and you see Half Dome in the distance and Bridalvale Falls and every, you know, it's, it's just incredible. And it's this iconic view of uh, Yosemite of Yosemite Valley and that's where the trail starts that heads to Glacier Point and looking up <laughs> at, the, at just how, how like we're not in, down in the valley we're still you know we're we're still a thousand feet above the the floor of the valley wow. and, and and looking up at the uh, the way we would have to start and I'm like yeah I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so big plans um, but we had to adjust a lot once we got there. It, we, you know, regardless of that, we had an absolutely incredible time. So, so as a photographer, this this interests me greatly. As I mentioned, as we started the show, you know, there there are places that everybody goes. You know, that people a lot of people have on their bucket list. For me, it's Angkor Wat. I know a lot of people want to go to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, and there's usually like only like a two or three pictures that people walk away from because it's like, I have to get the same picture everybody else does. How did you, once you got there, how did you kind of look at the situation and try to figure out how to take a different picture? Like, like something that somebody wouldn't mistake for an Ansel Adams or, you know, another famous photographer, you know, how, yeah. how did you decide how to take different pictures to make that experience your own instead of look like everybody else's? So um, that was a big fear of mine, honestly. I'm not like a, a, a Grand Vista landscape photographer, mm-hmm. but you 
but you can't help <laughs> but take those pictures <laughs> and like the picture, you know, that that iconic picture of Angkor Wat that, you know, when you think of uh, Angkor Wat, you think of that photo, right? So because everybody, whether it's with a cell phone or, a, right. you know, a large format camera, somebody's, you know, everyone takes that picture. But um, so that was that was a, a huge fear for me. It was like I'm I'm more detail oriented. I do a lot of wildlife, birds, and insects, macro photography um, when I'm out in nature, and everything that I because I prepared and I I was reading, uh, googling things, and and everyone says if you want wildlife, you got to go to Yellowstone. Don't go to Yosemite, which mm-hmm. isn't true. There is a lot of wildlife. I mean, it's it's the high Sierras are full of incredible, incredible sure. animals. So that that was one thing that uh, reading all this discouraging stuff, <laughs> I was like, you know what? No, because I'm a bit of a contrarian. I said I'm going to find I'm going to find plenty of things, and uh, and it and it it really um, I really did. I mean, I took you know I took that. Uh, several shots from tunnel view this you know the overlook when you come out of the tunnel uh because you can't not take (laughs) some of those photos but that's but that's fine i'm not i'm not expecting um i'm not expecting to you know sell that to anyone right but in terms of finding different ways to photograph the details is where to start right so Mm -hmm. because it's already a big focus of mine getting into the details seeing seeing the the little things um and and when i say little things i don't mean necessarily insects small i mean like um i have a photo that i took um of sort of the bottom of the face of half dome of uh, of a number of pines and just just the it's a it's a landscape photo it's a it's a broad uh view right but because half dome itself is so massive it's in everyone's pictures of half dome <laughs> But you don't see the iconic shape of half dome. You see the the back of behind these these trees is is half dome. Mm-hmm. But if you don't if you don't know that if you if I don't tell you that's half dome, it just looks like this impressive granite wall. And so that that for me was the first thing um, was looking for these details. The second thing really is for me it's all about light. Like I uh, I lead nature walks here in uh, i'm in pittsburgh pennsylvania and i lead nature walks monthly and uh during the pandemic i was doing it weekly uh every saturday morning so and i attracted a ton of birders and they're like here's this warbler and here's you know there there's a a yellow belly woodpecker and they (laughs) they're fairly rare and you know in terms of like in this area and i don't know that they actually are rare but (laughs) but uh but, you know, these are folks that track the birds that they saw and they, you know, and they can identify them. And it's part of what they do is identifying them. Mm. And that's I love to photograph birds, but that's not me. I'm not I'm not a, a birder. Um, if it's a morning dove or a robin, which are really common species here, if it's lit well, if it's a, a good composition, that's what I'm excited for. So and most of that starts with light. Right. So um, how the light is hitting it, what shapes and lines and textures and all of these things are are involved in that composition, essentially. Did you have a what I would assume people call a shot list? Like, did you have like, I'm going to go get these pictures or is this just 
is this just a long extended hike where you're constantly surveying and trying to find that angle, that light, that those lines? Yeah. Um, part of my, <laughs> because it's a three hour time difference, part of my initial plan uh, was that, you know, let's just forget about getting jet lagged. Let's get up <laughs> at, you know, four in the morning and head to the valley before the sun comes up. But in practice, we we adjusted to the local time and didn't do that. So um, it, it was, this was uh, in many ways a relaxing vacation for us. It was a, an escape from the usual. I mean, it was, you know, it was partly to photograph Yosemite, but it was also to, to you know, have summer vacation, right? And cross the right. summer populace and actually be in the moment and observe what we're seeing. And that's important too, uh, when it comes to, what you're photographing because if you're not in the moment if you're looking for that next shot if you're getting anxious because uh how am i going to do it or the, everyone else is doing the same thing um or or what i see often in teaching um i, I have students that say like i just i i worry because i've got this nice camera and people i think they're looking at me and and they expect me to take mm. a, a great shot because i have this great camera <laughs> and, and i i said honestly what i say to those folks is honestly no, people aren't <laughs> like people are looking at, especially if it's a stunning scene, right? They're looking at the scenery. They're thinking about their own picture, whether it's just with a cell phone or they've got a you know nice camera. Um, they're not really concentrating on what you're doing. So you're fine. Um, but I but I understand that having that that kind of social anxiety of, you know, of needing I've got this great camera. I need to get this right. great shot. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. But so for me, no, it was it was really um, seeing what was around the next bend. Like I read plenty of stuff. I looked at YouTube videos of, of individual hikes, watching them on twice twice the speed, right? right. So <laughs> there's some like four hour videos of four hour hikes Oof. out there. So um, no, so I, you know, I, I wanted to have an idea of, of what to expect and and plan for the time of day that we would be in different places. Mm -hmm. So um, at, with landscape photography, especially um, the the gnarlier the sky looks, the, the better your pictures are going to be. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you want kind of interesting weather. If you are hiking and you're carrying, you know, some food and you're carrying enough water and you're going 3,000 feet up and 3,000 feet back down, you know, you don't want to be rained on. Right. right. No, so, no, no. So, um, and honestly for us, the, uh, the weather almost every day, it was cloudless blue skies. Which, <laughs> from a yeah, yeah. From a photography standpoint, that doesn't lend itself well to these, these grand vistas, but, if you're focused on the details, if you're looking at how the light is hitting off this rock or how uh, the rock is uh, sitting in, in the river, like we went to the um, Ptolemy Meadow and uh, the Ptolemy River runs through there. 
And so there's rocks that are in the river, these big you know, hunks of granite, and there's the granite uh, mountains peeking out in the back. And, you know, it's, um, you, you uh, are tempted to get that grand shot of the, of the mountains in the back. And then, you know, and that's fine. And even if it's midday, even if it's the clear blue sky, you can do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with those, uh, with those pictures. Um, or taking those pictures again, they maybe they're not they're not going to compete right with you're not going to get the Instagram likes or whatever that that it, that you would if it was a snowstorm happening right. <laughs> right or or daybreak. But you know if it makes you happy, if you like it, mm. if you want to remember that, right? If you want to think about yeah, so if you want that uh, if you want that memory of that, right? Um, if you want to remember what it was to be there, then that's what's important, right? If you're if you're looking for Instagram likes, you know, yeah, you can make yourself really unhappy, right? <laughs> but but if uh, if what you're looking for is is just to remember being there um, to capture something that uh, that matters to you, then uh, you know, then go for it, right? So, um, but focusing on those details was really what helped me find some incredible compositions. Cool. So you, you went with your wife. Is she also a photographer? She is not. Okay. <laughs> um, she, she, I mean, she does all right taking photos, but she, she wouldn't call herself a photographer. Uh, it, by my definition, because um, to be a photographer, there's no licensing, right? You don't right. have to pass a right. board exam. If you take photos, you're a photographer. There are good photographers and there are not great photographers, right? Like the like it's if you take pictures, you're a photographer. That's what I tell all of my students because people say that a lot. I'm not a photographer. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You you if you compare yourself, yes, to Ansel Adams, did I get the you know this picture that would blow people away more than Ansel Adams photos? Sure, maybe you're you're not at that level, but you're still a photographer, right? So yeah. Um, but yeah, she, um, no, my, my wife is um, finishing her dissertation writing about cosmic Soviet sci-fi. So okay. very interesting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that would be interesting. When she's done with that, I'd like to have her on the show. Don, sure. what was it like for you in the moment as you're crossing that off, as you're, as you're there in Yosemite and you're being able to take these pictures, what were you feeling or thinking when, when that process was happening? I, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but me personally, it, the word sublime is the best um, word that I think can describe the, just everything that was in front of my eyes, but it doesn't even begin to, to touch on it because every, everywhere we went, every, every little vignette, every little view, every peak through, through the trees was just magnificent it, the entire place there's two lane roads right so they do have turnoffs but a, as you might expect people that are driving are looking all around right <laughs> it, it, um, it's hard not to and so people tend to drive a bit slower so they do have turnoffs for people to pull into but uh there are times when you're behind 30 cars because somebody's just in awe of what they're looking at and that's it's completely understandable i uh i felt the same the same thing like looking at just every direction you could turn 360 degrees and it was magnificent and 
just uh, the words escape me, really. Um, so it, it, it's hard not to be in the moment, honestly. I mean, I, if you were really stressed because you're like, I want this particular picture and you have this vision, maybe, you know, maybe you could um, stress yourself out of the moment. But, right. But it but it just grabs you uh, these, you know, thousand year old uh, gigantic sequoia trees and the, the, uh, even, even like the sequoia trees, there are groves, the Mariposa Grove and I think Ptolemy Grove. Um, and then they sort of dot Yosemite here and there as well. But, um, but in the valley, it's mostly Ponderosa, which Ponderosa pines are giant as well. They're, they're huge. Um, but just everywhere you look, it, it's, the, it's just, majestic there's you know from waterfalls and the, the the granite rock faces and, um yeah it's it's uh it's hard to not be there when you're there sure sure so now let's talk after you're there so so you've crossed it off you've come home what's the one thing uh actually i'm going to ask you for two things what what's what changed you what was what was the change or the transformation you saw in yourself as a photographer um, through this experience and as just Don? Hmm. Yeah, those are, uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think in terms of as a photographer, the changes that I saw, because I'm not generally a landscape photographer, I don't often take a series of photos and stitch them together. I don't know if you're familiar with, with how photographers can do that, but um, that was something that I I did. And because I'm an event photographer, I tend to, um, and maybe this is a bit technical, uh, but I tend to use a wider aperture. That's the uh, opening of the lens that allows, um, you know, more, more light to come in uh, or less light to come in, but also affects how much stuff is in focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I don't normally do events, that is the uh, I, I normally work with a with a um, wider open aperture just because lighting is not always great at events. Um, and for this, I was stopped down. I was using a, a smaller aperture, so it was it got me to do things that that and and taking some grand vistas. It got me to do a lot of things that were sort of outside of what I typically do as a photographer myself which is great because a lot of times i'm teaching people that want to do landscape photography and it's not you know i'm teaching them the basics of photography but experiencing that myself and 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 sort of pushing myself to do more landscape was uh was really helpful in terms of me personally um i think that i probably uh my patience (laughs) grew (laughs) um not only patience for myself but patience in terms of uh, if you've taken any flights this year uh, or heard about how, how the condition of the airline industry this year, um, we nearly got stranded in Fresno uh, on our flight back. But um, I calmly um, sort of persevered through. Uh, they, they told us to line up and, and talk to the people that were there and they would get us rescheduled. But we were the entire plane mm-hmm. um, was in this line. And so we got we were in near the back of the line and I said, you know what? They have an 800 number. I'm going to call their customer service. And I persisted through, I was very, you know, I wasn't rude at all. I was very polite to the woman I was talking to. And she says, Nope, you can stay in Fresno and we'll get you on a flight at six in the morning tomorrow. And no, 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 no. I need like, 
what about the other airlines? What about this? What about this? Giving her all sorts of options. Finally got um, exhausted everything she could do. And she <laughs> put me on with a supervisor. And uh, and it worked out. We ended up, it was a, this was, it wasn't even their fault. It was a weather delay. Sure. So, um, but they were telling us we were not going to be able to make our connecting flight. And it dawned on me as I'm talking to the supervisor that if we have a weather delay, our connecting flight probably has a weather delay. So, and he verified that and, and everything worked out. But patience um, for myself, and, and I, I think it added some resiliency and perseverance uh, as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I learned a lot. Patience also following, you know, 30 cars behind somebody there driving very go. slow. There you go. So what is next on your list that you'd like to cross off? Oh, um, next. So my wife is um, from Russia and um, she's uh, you know over here getting her dissertation and um, because of COVID and now because of this atrocious war that's happening, Russia's you know, waging in Ukraine, um, we have not been able to get over and visit her family. And um, I desperately want to do that. So that's the next thing on on the bucket list is uh, is. Hopefully this war will end and um, you know, hopefully things will change. I won't, I won't yeah. say what we want to see change in Russia because I don't want, yeah, I don't want this to prevent me from getting a visa. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but uh, hopefully that will change uh, sooner than later and um, we'll get over to visit her parents. And there's, she's from Siberia and uh, mm. There's beautiful, absolutely beautiful stuff over there to photograph. So I'm going to go to Stolby, which is in, uh, outside of Krasnovsk, where she's from. So. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, Don, for you know sharing your experience with us and telling us how to, we can kind of make things unique for ourselves. Where can people find you online uh, to follow your photography or, or get in touch with you for work? Sure. So my website is wdophoto.com. Those are my initials. My first name is actually William. Uh, so wdophoto.com. Uh, I'm on all the socials under wdophoto as well as Orkoski. Um, uh, Orkoski.com I also own. Um, and that's a, some of them. I'm transitioning into more of my nature work there. Yeah. Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Awesome. Or wdophoto. Yeah, we will put all those links in the show notes so people can get right to you. Don, again, thank you so much for coming and sharing and and uh, helping us uh, kind of make things our own as we as we have things that everybody else is doing so on our list. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. This is a, an amazing podcast. Uh, I love listening, so I'm excited to have gotten a chance to be on it myself. <laughs> <laughs>